Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Yeah. Stephanie Holtz-Yen is CIO APAC at Deutsche Bank International Private Bank, joining us in our Singapore studio. Always great to see you. So we did see stocks turn lower on that Apple news, adding to concerns that the Fed tightening could land the US in recession. You also had Goldman Sachs uh, planning to pump the brakes on adding people as well. When you look at those corporates uh, slowing down in terms of hiring, what does that tell us about the overall concerns of a global recession? It tells us that these concerns are uh, validated now. So for a while, we have been looking forward to this earnings season as, you know, thinking that analysts' estimates are still fairly constructive and positive. And it uh, puzzled us as to why that is the case. So we came to the conclusion that it's really um, for analysts to see first um, how um, um, the companies will be managing expectations, and that is exactly what we get now. We just got into the second week of those uh, earnings, and the expectation was all along that it will be a very volatile period, and we just got confirmation of that. Yeah, it's interesting. We heard from IBM today after the bell. The company lowered its forecast for free cash flow this year because, largely because, I should say, the impact of a stronger dollar. We've also heard from a number of other companies expressing a little bit of concern about the negative impact of dollar strength for their offshore revenue. Is this something that we're going to hear a lot more about, in your view? Well, we are hearing it now, and uh, it is fully expected, and it's not just the the level as to where we're trading is also the speed at what uh, the U.S. dollar has been advancing. On the other end of the spectrum, I would like to um, highlight that euro weakness is also something that is uh, of concern. And obviously, we have the ECB this week uh, coming on. According to um, the calculations that we have been making, is um, the uh, euro trade rate depreciation would be adding in the short term about half a percent. Uh, to the inflation pressure that the ECB is already facing. So we have both sides of the equation of euro dollar being quite concerning. I agree. And you're talking too about how cloudy the outlook is for the eurozone in general. That's really being driven by what we're seeing uh, by the war in Ukraine too and the energy supply outlook. Exactly. And of course, uh, this week's uh, ECB comes at the same day where we most probably get clarity as to whether a Nord Stream pipeline will get switched on in full capacity or even um, to the lower 40 percent capacity we had before. So it's a particularly challenging um you know, day and time uh, from that perspective for Europe. Just to clarify, our base case um, is that 
uh, Russia will be uh, switching on that pipeline uh, just to also make sure that the leverage that it has um, in regards to um, gas flows is still maintained. Of course, this can be a switching on a little bit later. It can be gas flows that are less than before. Um, so this on and off um, can, can happen. And of course, the second part is if you switch off um, gas flows completely, then you will have a spike and rise uh, 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 a spike in prices yeah. and then of course um, you won't be able to participate if you are the one delivering this um, and not um, you know reaping in the revenues on the back of that so this is where that forecast comes from and that's one of the reasons we're seeing this shaky outlook and also in terms of the property market too but you're remaining fairly bullish on China here Stephanie that is correct. So we've always uh, been very cautious in regards to the property segment uh, of the market. Um, you know, not only given the experience we had last year, but also in quite uh, knowing that there's still more consolidation to come. You know, what's happening right now is obviously these mortgage repayments aren't uh, delivered because the consumer isn't able to pay. It's because uh, there are projects that have been stalling and not being fulfilling their uh, obligations. And uh, because it is uh, of that nature, the government has actually uh, several ways of tackling this, which we're quite confident that they will be doing it given the objectives that they have set in terms of um, their social uh, agenda. So we have already seen that banks will come out with a mortgage holiday. I think there will be uh, possibilities of maybe injecting liquidities uh, on the developer side, maybe buying back land to make sure some of these projects can go along. So we see this part being tackled. But you're absolutely right. The focus has come back to the negativity uh, around China. Um, it's COVID, uh, the on and off of zero COVID strategy uh, being displayed, and then also the property sector that, um, you know, that adds just to the uh, overall risk sentiment mm. that isn't improving on a global scale. Stephanie, I'm curious about the extent to which you are fully invested right now or whether or not you're sitting on a little bit of dry powder, so to speak. Are, do you, are you holding right now or recommending that clients hold a considerable amount of cash at this point if we're expecting a little bit more downside? Well, the recommendation has been all along that uh, it's not a market to totally go out and get disinvested. You know, it is still a market where you can invest. Cash is obviously uh, something that, as you call it, dry powder, that's good to have. But given the inflation rate, um, it is kind of burning uh, a hole in your pocket as well. So a better way most probably is to put this in very short term investment grade bond kind of investments where you can also park money and have a high liquidity portion to then go back into the other segments of the market once you see that risk sentiment stabilizing. So tell us exactly where you're putting it because you mentioned Chinese equities but you like Asia x Japan as a whole. That is correct. So um, we have been cautiously optimistic on the Chinese equities, as you said, and also Asia x Japan, especially looking at the second half of the year. The big overarching question is, can the local markets really weather the storm that is going on in terms of the global headwinds that we're seeing? So our preference in terms of investing is to wait for volatility to have calm down first to then go back in. So we have actually um, neutral um, on these agent investments looking for that opportunity, that good timing uh, to go back in the market. And we are also on the tactical scale, obviously underweight uh, something like Europe, um, mm. 
in the U.S. at that stage. So talk to me a little bit about not necessarily jurisdictions that you're avoiding, but themes or industries that you don't believe have much in the way of upside here as we look out over the next um, six months or, or year. Well, or rather look at the ones where you would want to invest uh, because you still have longer term structural themes supporting uh, these areas. And um, I think that is that is a more constructive way of advising clients at the moment. Um, so if you have a longer term um, um, themes uh, like healthcare, for instance, we have been going on about this, or you pick the companies that have a you know a robust uh, and uh, high quality uh, to it in terms of the themes and the way they can, for instance, pass on price increases right now. So it's it's very much a case by case story um, yeah. to to go back into the market. Stephanie, thanks for coming in. As always, Stephanie Holtzian is CIO APAC at Deutsche Bank International Private Bank with us here in the Singapore studio on Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.